Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Appreciate you for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. Cutting this up on Thanksgiving morning. I'm watching the Green Bay Packers roll it up on the Detroit Lions. Didn't have this one. Definitely got the uh, Lions in the over on pretty much every one of my betting tickets. But anyways, you guys are here for some rivalry game redux, some FCS playoff talk, some Big Sky Conference, uh, all-league teams and awards, and everything in between. We'll hear from Brooks Nuanas, a full redux of Montana's 37-7 win over Montana State. Then we'll hear from Andrew Houghton, all the ins and outs of the All Big Sky teams as well as the uh, league awards. Almost a clean sweep by the Montana Grizzlies. Not a surprise considering Montana was the outright Big Sky Conference champions after going 7-1 in the league, winning seven straight down the stretch after dropping their opener. So impressive. And Bobby Houck, of course, the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year this year as well. So Andrew and I debated all those lists who we thought maybe was too high, too low, how we would have done things differently. There's not a lot of debate, honestly. I thought that the lists were pretty darn good, as good as they've been in my time covering the Big Sky Conference. And then we'll hear from Ty Gregorak. He has some stern things to say just about uh, the exterior experience at the rivalry. His wife, who's a Montana State alum, was there. Certainly did not get treated very well at Washington Grizzly Stadium. But the football game itself, while surprising, certainly a very impressive performance by the Grizz. And Ty has plenty to break down when it comes to how Montana was able to turn their season around and have arguably uh, the best finish in the last 15 years. I think it's actually inarguable the best finish in the last 15 years and perhaps the best coaching job of Bobby Houck's 12 seasons at the helm at Montana. And we also talk about where the Cats go from here after losing the rivalry game like that to sit at 8-3, and three, but still with a playoff seed and plenty of national title uh, hopes or at least national playoff run aspirations in front of them. Where's Montana State turn from here as well? Ty breaks all that down as well. Big Sky Breakdown, thanks to all of our great sponsors including Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. Old Works Golf Course, they have a simulator where you can practice all winter long, so keep your game sharp. Town Pump, keeping us fueled up all year. Town Pump, for all the wild by the mile. Back for yet another campaign. Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Visit bigskydefender.com for any and all of your legal needs. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Anno Designs, who Put, put together all of our merchandise this year, all of our Skyline Sports swag, all the uh, polos and sweatshirts that you see us wearing, the hats as well. Nick Tabor, Westback Wealth, making your world and your life more tax efficient. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And, of course, the Hype House, keeping us fit during football for a second season in a row. Get it kicked off. Brooks Nuana's All Things Rivalry Game right now. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Well, we're on a tight timeline here, so we're going to just talk about what happened on Saturday because coming out of the rivalry game, 37-7 to in favor of the Montana Grizzlies, both Montana and Montana State still get top six seeds in the playoffs, and they still get first-round buys, so there's plenty out there. So we'll have a, a week off 
This is our off week, a bye week. And then we'll have a full playoff preview for you next week, talking about how do you bounce back from the loss if you're the Cats? How do you carry the momentum if you're the Grizz? What do the opponents look like? What do the bracket look like? You know, various different bracket picks for Cats, Grizz, Idaho, and Sac State. We'll give you all that next week. We're just going to talk about what went down on Saturday at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I guess I'll start with this, Brooks. From even before the streak was ended, the Cat-Grizz games were like crazy back and forth, really good games for like most of the late 1990s all the way up through the 2000s. And then it, the the late 2000s, Bobby Houck's last four years in Montana, there was some, some butt kickings in favor of the Grizz. And then 2010 through 2018, the Miracle in Missoula, pretty much every game except for 2011 in Bozeman when the, the Grizz went in there and, and rolled, pretty much all the games besides that have also been pretty good. The last four, no contest. The 2019 game in Bozeman, it was beginning to be over on the very first hit of the game when Jacque Allen just shook the shook the Grizz and blasted Samari Torre. 2021, Junior Bergen dices Troy Anderson for a 75-yard touchdown, and the game was pretty much over after that. Last year, the Cats had two 12-play drives where they just ran the ball right down the Grizz's throats. The game was over. And this year in Missoula, Grizz go – and score, force the three and out, and then go down and score again. And it's pretty much over after that as well. Why? Why have there been no back and forth and no resistance from the team that got punched in the face first these last four years? I would love to know that so bad, Colter. I mean, obviously those last four years have been the home team. Yeah, that's right. That's winning. I mean, they're pretty raucous environments. But, but like the road team won in 2010, 2011, 2012, a different generation. Yeah. No, I don't have an Dude, answer. Does that a, is that a part of it, though? Is it a different generation? Um. It's easier to fold when you get smacked in the face these days. Um, I don't want to get into how kids are raised and what people believe in. <laughs> I mean, we could, and I know nah, you always get nah. into that, but I, I'm not gonna. I, I think that that it's an amazing amount of momentum that's created when you have the stadiums and the fan bases that these teams have. I think it's harder than you think. You know, I think. Yeah. I for think sure. in 2019 and 2021, and I think that those teams that the programs had as much hype as they've had. And I yes. think that there's just a lot of motivation and a lot of pressure, um, both internally and externally. And I also think that the media coverage, whether it's us or, you know, other outlets has inc- only increased. That's and right. I think the ability to block out the noise has obviously become harder. I yeah. wouldn't blame that on a societal thing of like kids and the way that they act. No. I think it's just like, it's pretty hard to avoid it's a lot more what it world. means. I it mean, college is. game day comes, Right, Montana's uh, been discovered. That's a pretty tough, tough thing to deal with if you're the Grizz yeah. there last year. And yeah. this year, I thought it would be a closer game. You know, I talked last week on the pod, Colter, that I had a lot of Montana State fans that were nervous. And I guess that they had this team pinned more right than I did. After what I saw, they they had a lot to be nervous about. You know, they're lucky they didn't get we, shut out. We talked about the cumulative mindsets of respective fan bases and how much that's ebbed and flowed over the last several years because first the – the authoritarian that was Jeff Choate and how much he just empowered the entire Bobcat nation. And then how much people thought that was going to be Bobby Houck when he came back and how that was elusive until now. But my, one of my number one thoughts walking out of the stadium on Saturday was what just happened has to conjure up so m- much trauma 
in in Bobcat fans of a certain age. I don't want. I'm trying. I'm not going to laugh. For all the great progress that Montana State has made over the last 15 to 20 years, not only as a football team but as an athletic department, the number one thing that always was the complex of the Cats was getting beat 16 years in a row by the Grizz. It's a little brother complex. A little brother complex. And then Mike Kramer sort of pushed back, but then Rob Ash, for all of his great qualifications and all the things he accomplished, three big sky titles and 70 wins and all that, he couldn't beat the Grizz. But Choke came in, and he could. And that actually overshadowed so many of the other flaws of Jeff Choate's program. Jeff Choate absolutely can recruit, he absolutely can motivate, and he absolutely knew how to beat the Grizz. Beyond that, there's a lot of flaws that people just didn't even care to look at because of the number one factor. Winning fixes everything. Yeah, Winning, winning against the rival certainly fixes everything. Everything. Brett Vegan has proven that he can win against everybody except in Missoula against the Grizz. Yep. So I just couldn't help but think of just how much of the, the past – was conjured up, yeah. Especially because the man leading Montana is someone from you know the haunted Christmas past of the Cats. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a fa- an absolutely fair point. I think that most Cat fans would agree with you that it. Yeah, this one leaves a pretty bad taste in their mouth. I can only imagine, right? I mean, and Montana, I'm guessing, probably feels you know pretty pretty proud of the performance they put For on. Sure. And and when you talk about what you can remember, what you can recollect, and I think that Montana probably now thinks that. Uh, Jeff Choate never even happened, right? Like, it's pretty easy to right. just try to forget that real quick. That's right. Um, which, all of that, you know, all that's true and all of it's not true at the same time. And that's kind of, like, the best part about rivalries is it's pretty yes. cut and dry. Right. For you sure. Know, a team wins and another team doesn't. And it that's right. can redefine the entire I mean, program's history. Remember for almost a decade when Jim Harbaugh couldn't beat Ohio State? And then he started beating Ohio State? Yeah. And everybody forgot how he could beat Ohio State because now he does beats Ohio State, and they also beat everybody else at Michigan. Right, and Ryan Day's lost twice to to Michigan, and so like Ryan Day going to like the college football playoff <laughs> and being like a dominant head coach, he's still like completely messing up the whole program. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> totally, no, no question. Okay, so when it comes to the Grizz side of this thing, when Bobby Houck was first rehired, there was certainly controversy behind it, but for those that were supportive of it. What we saw Saturday is what they wanted. It just took a lot longer to get there. And the fact is that two months ago, and we thought it was going to be this meek exit where Coach Houck just has a a completely down year and just leaves and that's it. And now it's completely different than that. And he is the unanimous choice for Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. Rightfully so. That came out earlier today. Absolutely rightfully so. They got... You know, a, a defense that plays 20 guys, literally, and they literally, truly play 20 guys. A lot of questions. I don't agree with that. I thought that we thought it was going to be the most disjointed lack yes. of identity team. That's right. It's not that they didn't have talent. It wasn't, like, no, no, defensively. For sure. for sure. Like, if you want to go back to fall camp and listen to me talk about Eli Gilman. No, sure. Like, I, I just we've mean, been I, on a bunch of this, but, like, if you don't have a quarterback and you don't have an identity <laughs> – then it's, it's more of like a shortcoming than it is like right. a bad team. No, know? I know. I, I guess that's the wrong way of stating it. I just met the team that had the biggest struggle to have a good record. Definitely. We just go into detail for a reason. I think that people, if they take it just off the top and they say that's what, something we said, it's like that's probably not – that's not true. 
That's no. not true at all. No. We never said it was going to be the worst team we ever covered. It was a team with no identity. And a team with no identity that has this kind of expectations is an absolute dumpster fire. Even that's if you right. win five, six, seven games, like limp into the playoffs with seven wins, like that's a dumpster fire of a, of a team when you can see what the – this is what we thought it should be, and it wasn't this. So I think that that's a pretty fair analysis. How they And I agree. I don't think we need to walk anything back. It's so simple. Because what we saw – You want to say – you just asked me, how did that happen? It's so simple. They named a starting quarterback. It's not that hard. That's the only thing I ever said. Was <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got to have a quarterback. Yep. You have to name a starting quarterback, and once you name one, you have to identify an yep. identity. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10 percent discount on your order alpine touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season alpine touch montana's special spice that's the offensive key for sure the offensive keys throw the ball uh, to junior bergen i think i think there's not hard of keys on a starting quarterback who's a great leader in clifton mcdowell everything changed after that you decided to have a feature back in eli gilman everything changed who still has he has good depth behind, but if Nick Gospel is your true number two, it's not like a true committee. Yeah. He's the backup, yep. and this guy gets all the, the primetime carries. That is correct because he's the best player. Correct. And then their offensive line with the adjustments they made it with the splits and the priority they put on rotating, especially the interior guys. They went from from okay to good to now really good, and they had multiple first-team all-league guys this year, and as they should. Defensively, I think that the key is that critics of Bobby Houck would say that Bobby Houck plays mind games with his guys on defense. But really, it really is as simple as every week is a competition, and if you play better that week, you will rise yourself up on the depth chart. I mean, you remember this when you played at the Grizz. There would be a time when Coach Houck would list an All-American guy as a two that week because he, he didn't play that well. Absolutely. In the past, guys understood that better. When you're trying to do that to Justin Ford and Patrick O'Connell and Marcus Wellnell and Robbie Houck, it doesn't work. Or when you never do it to Robbie Houck and you do it to those other guys, that yeah, it doesn't there, work. There's the key right there. It doesn't work. Correct. Whereas when you have Trevin Gradney and Jace Kluswich and Ronald Jackson doing that at corner, or you have Nash Fouch and Garrett Graves and Jackson Lee and Ryder Meyer doing that at safety, yep. and you got Draxon Hill and Levi Janet Carroll and Tyler Flink and all the, the linebackers doing that at linebacker, you can do it. You can they all understand it. You got to have the depth, obviously. You got to have the personalities. You got to have the also not camaraderie. Having stand, not having standouts. The fact that Levi Janicaro and Riley Wilson, they're both really good, but neither one is a 99. That helps. Yeah. And, you know, you don't plan for that. You always hope you get all 99s and then a couple of them rise to the occasion. But when you get what you get and then you make adjustments, that was always my thing was that they just have to identify what they have and they have to play to those strengths. And they started to do that. They also, you know, in this league, in the big sky and at the FCS level, you can get on a roll and you can play with momentum. And like the Grizz just weren't really capturing that yet for whatever yeah. reason early in the season. And once they got rolling, you know, the offensive line started to play better. But when you have an offensive line that is a little bit prone to giving up pressure, what do you need to have, Coulter? A mobile quarterback. Right. And if the quarterback's mobile and he throw he actually throws and durable. his best on the run, then all of a sudden that little weakness there becomes a strength because it's actually he wants to get outside and press the edge of the pocket. He wants if the pocket collapses, it's okay. So that like that feature of the offensive line now goes away and now all of a sudden all the strengths they have are the only things that really matter. So it really starts to change the what you can do offensively. And as you mentioned, defensively, 
when you start to play with momentum and you start to dial it up, you start to trust the guy behind you, uh, it really changes how you can get after teams. And they've always wanted to get after teams. They're always continue to to want to do that. But it's a three-level thing where there's this trust involved. The coaches have the trust with the players. The players have the trust with the coaches. That's what Montana State seemed to be lacking this entire game was this level of trust. For sure. Tommy Mallott has a little too much trust. Sean Chambers isn't playing on defense. They're they're rotating in interesting ways, but they also – I watched it back, Colter. The way they reacted to the wide splits of the Grizz was yeah. to widen their – like Sebastian Valdez is playing like the seven yeah. out eye. The whole middle there of this pocket no is empty. So then all of a sudden the pocket – you they can don't just have, step up in the pocket. They don't have, their inside linebackers are, are good, but they don't have the range because no. they're both six-foot guys that, that don't run my that well. My concern was inside linebacker play when you only got two of them on the field, and then the secondary yeah. play, that's the thing that we talked about extensively before this game. I yeah. asked you multiple times, do you think that Montana State's secondary could be vulnerable to Montana's receivers as they continue to rise and continue to play at a high level? And you were like, absolutely. And that was a major factor in this game. It's a major factor in Montana being able to not only be diverse offensively, but just absolutely roll. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. That's one thing where I got to give the Grizz so much credit because we, the two things we were so critical of, especially last year, and I would even argue the last couple years, has been one, their complete lack of ability or even lack of want to adjust based on their weaknesses. It was just like, we do what we do and we're going to do it well, and if we can't do it better than what we're doing, we see to try harder. Try harder. They, they they would refuse to like change it, especially if they have personnel that like, doesn't like fit they what would they get, were doing. They would get gashed in the seam by both passing teams and running teams. So fix it, no. Nope. And they would never fix Wouldn't it because that's it. what we do. That's what we do. We run this this defense, so we blitz on every down, and we play man and so quarters. So dumb. And never fixed it. This year they fixed it. They run all sorts of combo coverages with all their DBs, and they roll a new set in there like every three plays, and it's so confusing for other teams. That's why they've given up six points a game for the last month they're willing to to be like oh we have some weaknesses but we have good players so let's just play to our strengths they did the same thing with the offensive line they have a hard time making like a traditional pass pro pocket so they widen the splits a little bit and let it be a moving shield I i wonder why that is i mean maybe it was like the first time that Coach Houck actually was told he was going to lose his job if they didn't figure something out. I mean, who knows what it is? I'm not saying that's true at all. I'm like, like I just known Bobby for for a long time, yeah, yeah. you know, 15 years, 20 uh, years. I think, like, I think he realized that last year they completely screwed the pooch. That last year they had legitimate elite talent, and they they but completely. Why did they wait a month to do it this year? It's hard to do I, it in I, the I middle. Just, I just think that it took that long for them to get in a rhythm of of everybody being on the same page. Because the offense has gotten way more diverse and way more in sync as the season's got along, and so has the defense. It's gotten way more complicated. All of that has to come from Bobby loosening his grip on it. That's right. That's right. But why? I think he has a clearer vision because I think he's not clouded by the vision of coaching his son. Yeah, I agree with you. And and he's trying to take over this team of guys. That seems like low-hanging fruit, but I I just agree with you. There's just one – that's one of the factors. Yeah, definitely. There's many other factors involved. Right. But like, you know, you, the fact that Kent Haslam was was 
maybe on his way out right. the door to Utah State, yep. and then he decided yep. a three-year extension. There's more internal conversations that are happening. Right. Bobby's starting to become more self-aware because he knows he's getting older. Right. Like, he had multiple moments of poignant reflection this year that he's never had before. Right. He choked up twice at press conferences. That's never happened ever. And he actually had moments, at least only for three seconds or whatever, where he was a human and was Don't like, tell everyone about him crying. He doesn't want, you to, he doesn't want people <laughs> but, to hear that. But it was cool because, yes, he does have perspective. It's like the column that I wrote after the Cat Grizz game. He stood in the middle of the field instead of going over and singing the fight song. Yeah, good for him. And he, and he looked around and just took it all in. Uh, you know, I always feel sad for guys that, that coach for 30 years and don't do that. That don't. And yeah. he's doing it now. So I think that's a huge part of it. And then, like I wrote in that column as well, he took over a team of guys that were all recruited because of their star rankings by the previous staff, not because of their internal fortitude of what Montana football means to him. When you clean house and you have 75% of the roster are new guys that you recruited because of what Montana means to them, but all your best players are the other guys, that's really hard. Then you figure it all out. I, I think it is a linear point that his first recruiting class are the guys that are the sixth-year seniors that are the best players on this team now. Yeah. You've seen it time and again. If you are a Montana guy that's in the Montana program from a, the year you redshirt until the end, and you all live with each other, this is exactly just like my grade of guys. Everybody lives with each other. They live down the street from each other. Everybody's hanging out with each other all the if time. If you're a fifth or sixth-year guy and you make it through a Bobby Houck program like this for that long and you, you yep. do the whole thing and there's only yep. 13 of you left or 15 of you left, yep. you all play and you're all good. Yep. Yep. And I think defensively they deserve so much credit for all the different little incremental changes that they've made uh, as well. Just being able to roll guys and – And like you, you said, know. I mean, like, you know, not the Robbie Houck thing. I think Robbie Houck is a freaking badass, tremendous player. Like, so underrated for people who are haters. Uh, but also a little bit ridiculous, right? Like the the fact that you've had these guys in the wings and you're not playing them, you're not playing Ryder Meyer yeah. or Jackson Lee or or any you know Garrett Graves still, but you're not playing these guys. Uh, by the way, Garrett Graves first team uh, All Conference special teams player, which is well well deserved. I mean, awesome special teams player. Uh, regardless, but you're not playing these guys because you're clouded by this thing. It's I mean, it's a disservice to everyone on the team, let alone yourself. But. And now they get the last laugh because you get unanimous coach of the year and you get home field throughout the Absolutely. playoffs. And yep. I said we were going to talk about the future, but I will tell you this. It's going to be an unbelievably tall task for anybody to come into Washington Grizzly Stadium and win during the month of December. So I think the Grizzlies are set up pretty darn good to, to have a, a pretty historic run and a run that people really thought they would have perennially when Bobby Howe first came back. It just took a little while to get here. Yeah, no, for sure. I want to say two things, or I guess I want to talk about the Cats a little bit. Yeah, and for you, sure. You can shoot from the hip there, but uh, I wanted to say this one thing, and it has nothing to do with hyperbole or recency bias because oftentimes humans, including myself, tend to to hold such things. You just saw an amazing game. You call a team this. You call the greatest that, the worst you've ever seen after NAU, all this stuff. I've been around Washington Grizzly Stadium for 25 years. It was not remotely close, the loudest it's ever been. It's not close. It's not close. So, so loud. Absolute pure pandemonium. It was, it, was, it was insane. It was ridiculous. Insane how loud it was. Yeah, I don't think the Cats could have done anything. We were that. standing it on was the wild, fifth floor dude. roof outside the press box in the open air. We were screaming at each other to yeah. try to hear each other. It was wild. It was so, so loud. My camera was shaking, and that has happened like once ever. 
and it was probably during like a choke run and maybe in Bobcat Stadium. But no, I mean Washington Grizzly Stadium, the way the acoustics are, it's just a louder stadium than in Bozeman. <laughs> just the just the nature of it. It's got you know five six thousand more people, but just the way it's built, it's just louder. You're on top of it. Everyone knows this, right? I'm not saying at some point your ears can only hear a certain decibel. That's right. Like so, you know, they're all real loud. Like Bobcat Stadium yeah. rips, right? There's nothing like I've ever experienced. I mean, it was when people talk about there's no stadium like that in the world. I've played, I've coached in the SEC. What that was, there's nothing like. How that. about the fact that they actually did something? They did different stuff. They played different videos and different songs. Yeah, and they got rid of the band that fixed everything. I'm not even. Let's digress. I, no, I, I digress. It's a total deal. But I mean, I will say, Bobby Houck and everything about the football program has so much calculated stuff to it. And if it was all culminating for this moment and UM Athletics was actually on the same page with that and they planned a diversification in the game day experience with different things on the scoreboard and the timing of all those things and playing money money after Nick Aspo scores a 63-yard touchdown. That's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But if it actually comes to fruition and what happened on Saturday happens, you can never say that it's anything but brilliant. Is this going to be on the radio? No. That's like walking up to your neighbor's house who has a sliding door, and you just put both naked butt cheeks on the, <laughs> on the sliding door. And then once it fogs up, you draw a smiley face and leave or something. Oh, like that's that's man. outrageous right there. It's uh, it's outrageous. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Okay, so then for the cats, though, again, you never know. You don't want to be prisoner of the moment. Because a lot of times the, the overflow of emotion with when you get your ass kicked in this game. Yeah. They got, they it got brings a lot of stuff to the it surface. It does. It brings everything else, right? And, and you don't right. know if, if that's like a permanent thing it or doesn't a temporary need to, thing. But it does. And, and I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but But here's we, a spoon. We talk, about this, we talk about this all the time, man. I love me some Tommy Mallott. I think he's tough as oh, hell. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me he's too. tough as hell. He's the he's the single hardest player to defend on the edge in, in, in all of the FCS. And he's one got of the, so much juice. One of the single hardest players to defend on the edge when in all of college football. There's no doubt. Like that we've he, ever covered. When he truly gets the edge it's and his over. little legs start going, he is so fast, it's not even possible. Uh-huh. 100%. The Cats' offense is significantly more diverse, and all of their personnel besides the running backs is significantly more enhanced when Sean Chambers plays quarterback. And the fact that they have some sort of internal thing going on where they don't trust him, even though he's a sixth-year senior captain who's played for this head coach. who scored 40 for touchdowns. For the duration of his career. Yeah. And he's absolutely the alpha dog on your team, not only because of his skill and size, but because of his personality to play him for less than a handful of snaps against Idaho and to play him for less than a handful of snaps in Missoula is uh, it's a it's a gross piece of poor coaching it's, and it's something that they have to address and Brent Vegan talked about it yesterday at his presser when at the selection show I guess on Sunday the reps have not been divvied up evenly in practice and that is absolutely something that we have to address no yeah, something happened and, and at this point like this, how can you go to the grave without playing Sean Chambers against Idaho and Montana ridiculous how can you? ridiculous it's pathetic. Again, Tommy Watts yeah. is great. Pathetic is not the right word. But like, 
At it, one point in this game, he was one of ten passing. Dude, you're playing the great. You're playing the best run defense in the country. I you know. have to throw the ball. <laughs> We're recording because we want our listeners to hear our analysis and and. We want to provide some clarity to things that we know about and things that we're up close to. You're preaching to the choir here, man. Oh, I know. I mean, this is what I've been saying for the entire season. And it has nothing. Tommy Malott should play 70% of the time. That's right. But the 30% is a lot. You know, you got to give Sean Chambers 25 snaps. You got to. What did I say before the game, Colt? That the key to victory is. 15 to 20 carries each quarterback. Each. They, the two quarterbacks need to run the ball 30 times combined. Time lot ran it 10. Sean Chambers ran it 2. And the two don't even barely count. No, they, neither one counts because they were sacks on drop back passes. The one before the half, which was no one, such an egregious error. No one can disagree with that. With what I said about that because that's that's just the facts. That's how they're their best team. Why wouldn't you want to be your best team? And that's if it right. has to do with internal communication internal strife if there is a uh, trust issue there is a hey chambers you need to fix this you haven't fixed it for weeks man you're not going to play if you don't fix it he's not fixing it and they, that's what they're they're going to go down like you said without trying to just get over it put him in the game get some juice going if you guys can't work that out before the game with coaches if vegan can't step in the stuff that was happening on the sidelines with Housewright yelling at Julius Davis, yeah. Housewright doghousing Chambers, Vegan yelling at Garza, Vegan wondering what what Housewright's doing, all of that is these are we're big boys here, right? This is like adult stuff here. You got to like right. work through this communication, especially That's right. organizationally. That's how right. like important that is, and how good Vegan is at communicating. You have to wonder like. He's got it. He's got to be more present. He's got to step up. I said this before this game, Coulter, and I know people didn't like this either. I said that this kind of game in Missoula, as tough as Vegan is, as tough as he coaches, as much as they want to run the football, his pregame speeches are electric. He's 6'6", mountain of a man, right? He lacks a little bit of toughness when it comes to this style of football that we saw on Saturday. And I always said, I said this to two of our two of our good cat buddies, right? Two, two fans that have been lifelong fans. I said it to both of them. I said, when I stare down the barrel, there is one person that I should be able to find if I need to find them. That's right. If I need to find Bobby Halk on the sideline, I can find him in 2.5 seconds. If I need to find Andy Thompson, I can find him in a millisecond. I have to search to find Vegan because he'll go stand by himself behind the first down marker kind of away from the sideline just watching and it's like man you gotta be in every huddle you have to be the face of this thing and you have to be the person that takes this over because clearly the game plan is up in flames right now and now it's got to be you that decides this and i that was probably the thing that was most disappointing to me that it was more like well we are who we are we do what we do and it's not our day it's like you gotta fix that shit right, right now you That's gotta right. you gotta adjust right now you gotta put chambers in right now you gotta That's right. what did you what should they do on defense Coulter? should they just sit back and play shell like you gotta start blitzing you gotta bring Except crazy they pressure this year they don't blitz they Dude. blitz the safeties early but they did not blitz they asked do you they, think that they had one safety blitz in this game Ryan or blew the tackle in the hole and there was a, like an eight yard game do you think that if you told Danny you and Nolan Askelson don't know how Nolan to blitz Askelson. If you said to those two guys, hey, guys, we're going to run a blitz that they wouldn't know what to do. Hey, guys, we're going to blitz the A the A gap. They'd be like, what are you saying, coach? Uh, they'd blitz the freaking A gap, right? Like, come on. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. The Chambers thing is a microcosm of it all because, okay, if you don't have some sort of trust in his ability to operate certain things, 
then you got to address that and overcome it, not just limit him because of that. Because there isn't any other 6'3", 230-pound guys that are fat. Like, Clifton McDowell is a good athlete. Sean Chambers is twice the athlete Clifton McDowell is. Sean Chambers is, I think, has one of the top three arm talents in the in the conference. And he's the single fastest quarterback besides Tommy Mallott in the conference. And you combine that with his frame and his charisma and the kind of leader he is you have to find a way to get that guy on the field more you just have to first team all league bro you just ha- you just have to if you if, 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 if you don't play the first team all league guy if you're calling yourself a gimmick if he keeps the ball too much in the zone read you should give him more snaps so he's not inclined to do that like that's been the whole scuttle is that procedurally they don't trust him to get him into the right stuff and sometimes he keeps the ball too much in the zone read game he wouldn't keep it so much if he had more opportunities. When you're on the field, you got to keep it. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Just, you're the handoff guy? <laughs> That's right. Right. And when he only gets three snaps, then of course he's going to keep it. That's do. That's the perils of running the RPO. If you're, you're going to run the RPO, you can't. I Them having two quarterbacks for the last several years has been the reason why they've been so good because when one guy's out, they have another elite guy to play. When they have them both, if they don't play them together – and they don't rotate them evenly, it's detrimental to both of them because then neither one can find the rhythm and no one in the offense can find the rhythm. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Okay, last thing for you, Brooks Nuanas here on the Big Sky Breakdown. What do you think of just about the the way that this influences these football programs and the athletic departments internally? Because now there is no power struggle. Bobby Houck is the king of the University of Montana until 368 days from now when they play the Cats again in Bozeman. And Vegan's going to have to do a lot to erase what just happened in terms of the minds of the, the cumulative mentality of the, the Bobcat fan base. I just think that what happens next for the Grizz only accentuated what we just saw, and what happens next for the Cats also only accentuates what we saw unless they get their shit together and, and go on the run that we expected for all of the season until the last three or four weeks. The best thing about that for the Cats, culture is they got all the opportunity in the world, right? I mean, this game, for me, like I'm about to try to like push back and tell you that it shouldn't matter that much, but it just does. It absolutely does, especially when you get your ass kicked. It just does, so... There, the fact of that, the fact that Bobby Houck always talks about having good seasons since he's got here, you know, nine wins, ten win seasons, got your ass kicked by the by the Cats. So none of that matters, right? Our expectation, our our, our belief in some of their players and what their schedule looks like and their win-loss projections is affected by that. And again, I, I don't know if it should be, but it is. So we got to yep. just accept that, right? 
Bobby Houck, the king of the University of Montana Athletic Department. I mean, he's always thought that, so don't, don't change anything. No, but it, it, it directly affects the cumulative mentality of everybody. It does. That's that's how organizations work, folks. It absolutely is. Man, these, there's, you called this a department. You know, that's, that's, what we, right. that's what we say. It's an athletic department. It's an organization. That's right. It has a tree. It has like information flow. You could even like you could chart it and say who who answers to who. How do we communicate throughout our entire department? Org management is like a degree, right? You can go to the University right. of Montana and study this as a science. That's right. So of course it matters. The, the, I guess what I'm saying is that the, there was a question of. What will happen to Grizz football after this year? No matter what the result was, because Bobby Houck's in a contract year, both sides of the equation say, okay, he's been offered an extension, he hasn't, he didn't sign an extension, whatever. He was and is a, co- a coach coaching within the season without a contract. There was all of these different narratives of what could happen. Who might be the next coach in Montana? Or will there be another coach at Montana? Or will they want him back? Or will Coach Houck want to come back now? There's only one person that gets to decide all of that. Yeah, that's true. It's Bobby Houck. You know, our a person that we call family, uh, Jack McGillis, asked, asked me just yesterday, he said, do you think that this like starts to flip in-state recruiting? I said, yeah, that's how this works. That's right. Uh, there's 10-year-olds out there that watched that game yesterday that liked Tommy Malott and Sean Chambers and lived in Missoula or lived in Fish Creek, and they were like, yeah, Tommy Malott's awesome, and my, my my uncle played for the Grizz, and I don't really know. And they left; they go to school on Monday, and they're like, "I'm a Grizz fan." That's right. That's how this kind of works. So, here's a question for you, Coulter. I'll flip it back to you. Yes or no? Bobby Houck wins the national championship and retires. If sorry, that Bobby Houck wins the if national he championship. Would, I think if Bobby Houck wins the national I championship, think if he does goes he goes to the national championship, it leaves all of the doors open. If if he wins the national cha- if montana wins the national championship does bobby Houck retire i think he uh at the i think he walks away from the university of montana yeah i think so too because there's only now what do you else with there was two things missing on coach Houck's resume before saturday now there's only one yeah and they're prime but I, I i think that if he wins the national championship i think he walks away i think if they fall short of the national championship or they go to the national championship game and lose, then there is so much on the table. Agreed. Yep, we're on the same page. Yeah, because I know that that's the one thing that Coach Alec wants to accomplish. We'll break down all the future stuff in the playoffs, as well as more in-depth on what Montana State needs to do to turn uh, this thing back with an upward trajectory and make another run in the playoffs. They've been in the Final Four three years in a row and uh, still have that talent on their roster. And for Montana, how do they capitalize on this little better? We'll do that next week on the Big Sky Breakdown. Brooks Nuanas, Colton Nuanas, thanks for being here. Laters. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you.
Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com apply. Thanks for breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Colter Nuanez, Andrew Houghton coming to you here the day before Thanksgiving. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for following along last week and all season long. Great week last week. So proud of my team as always. Great content collection from us and, uh, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed all of that. We're going to talk playoff seating, all conference awards, Take a little bit of a look at the bracket, and also uh, I got a hypothetical question for Andrew as well. The Big Sky Breakdown presented in part by Town Pump. The travel has been immense so far this year, but we might not have nearly as much travel coming up. Bobcats have a home game in Bozeman. Grizz got a home game in Missoula. With the way that the uh, brackets are playing out, might not be leaving the state of Montana very much, especially if we're covering the Grizz intensively because they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So uh, Town Pump. For all the wild by the mile, back yet another year here at ESPN Radio as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. They've kept us fueled up all season long, and they will continue to no matter where the road and the playoff travels might take us. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. So we're going to play for you a little excerpt we have from our Vandals Weekly breakdown just uh, about, I thought, one of the biggest arguments when it comes to the all-conference football teams that came out yesterday. We were pretty much on the same page that uh, Bobby Houck, as the coach of the year, Eli Gilman as the freshman of the year, Alex Governor as the defensive player of the year, we're all pretty surefire. And then Clifton McDowell as the newcomer of the year, I thought that probably one of the primary candidates. Was there anybody else that was overshadowed or that got overlooked for, for newcomer of the year this year? I couldn't really think of anybody else. I'm trying to, th- to think about it. I, I guess if if one of the Idaho State quarterbacks had played a full year, I guess if Jordan Cook had played a full yeah, year, because right. Hunter Hayes wasn't yeah. new to the league. I, th- I think Jordan Cook would have put up some numbers. Uh, other than that, I mean, not a ton of... Julius Davis, maybe? Montana State? Yeah, for Montana State. I mean, he was Montana State's leading rusher. He landed on the second-team all-conference, which you know that basically means you're one of the one of the best running backs in the in the country because Lan Larrison and Anthony Woods are both going to be All-Americans for sure as, after being first-team on this list. But but I think I, we don't really need to to justify Clifton McDowell winning that award. No, that's because right. Because I mean, undefeated you just look the... at you look at what happened before he was the starter, that's and then right. look at what happened after that's he was right. the starter. I mean, I think even if there were, I don't think there were a ton of other great candidates. I think even if there were, Clifton McDowell is a perfectly justifiable pick for that award, even though his stats weren't crazy because he only played half the season. But you look at some of it, some of his stats were crazy. I mean, he only threw one pick. No, that's right. So efficient. And th- and you look at and then you look at how that transformed his team 
I, you don't need to, to do any justification to, for that pick at all. We'll play for you here uh, in just a minute. Conversation about the Offensive Player of the Year. This is an excerpt from Vandals Weekly, which is an extension of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast here at SkylineSportsMT.com. Here's a part of that conversation. Okay, so this next part is going to be a little bit of a, a dual-purpose repurpose, and we will put this on our Big Sky Breakdown analysis podcast here in a minute. But I just want to lead with this because it has an Idaho angle. The All-Big Sky teams were out uh Earlier this week, as we record this, the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, nary uh, an argument from us. I thought actually the the first team all Big Sky was was pretty darn good. And when you look at the uh, the other big time awards within the conference, I thought it was impossible to argue Bobby Houck as the coach of the year. I personally thought it was impossible to argue against Alex Governor, the defensive tackle for Montana, as defensive player of the year. Although you you could certainly make Strong arguments for guys like Winston Reed at Weber State, Brody Greeby at Montana State. Eli Gilman, I thought, surefire freshman of the year. Clifton McDowell was certainly one of the leading candidates for newcomer of the year. But offensive player of the year was the one that maybe had a little bit more candidates. And I think that we both were in agreement that maybe somebody from Idaho should be that guy. I thought it was Devontae McCoy. You thought it was Hayden Hatton. Make your case. Well, he's just the best player, Coulter. I mean, we've been player. saying it all year. He's the he's he's the best wide receiver in the league. He's the biggest mismatch in the league. He's the one guy, I think. You know, Lane Larison from UC Davis ended up winning it, and I, I'm fully fine with him winning it, and I think I would have been fine with McCoy winning it probably too. I just think so much of McCoy's success is, is due to what Hayden Hatton does, and he's the one guy who can sort of do it without any help. I mean, if you put him in single coverage, he's just going to make the play every time. I mean, you should have seen how some of these teams were covering him down the stretch. You know, Brett Hine was tweeting about it during the Weber State game. The Idaho State guys were tweeting about it during the Idaho State game. It's like they're playing 8 to 10 yards off of him on every snap because you just have to. And I think that he had a good season. He led the conference in receiving yards per game. If the guy that we know is the best offensive player has a season of that caliber, I think he should just give it to him. He had some huge games as well. 11 catches for 139 yards and two scores and almost brought Idaho all the way back against Montana. Yeah, seeing something like that live. For sure. Montana is the best defense in the league. Who's the one guy that they could not stop? I mean, Montana was in full control of that game, and the only reason that wasn't a multiple score beatdown was that Hayden Hatton kept him alive. Hayden Hatton had Javonte McCoy. I mean, that's why you can make make arguments on both sides for sure. Uh, Hatton's other two big games came against Northern Colorado where he had six catches for 104 yards and a score. He also had 14 for 175 and a touchdown uh, against Weber State, and uh, he had four for 63 against Montana. State. He also had a couple touchdowns last week against Idaho State before take, taking a spot out next to Jason Eck on the sideline because they needed to get him out of there where they were up 56 nothing at halftime. So could have had some bigger stats in those games as well. At the final till of tape for Hayden Hatton during the regular season, 75 catches for 985 yards and nine scores. Yeah, I guess he didn't lead the lead in, receive, in, in receiving. So that, to compare that from last year, he had, uh, he had eight less catches for about Oh, I don't know. Do the math. They're about 140 yards less, but he did have seven less touchdowns. Sometimes I think I feel like superstars can be victims of their own success if they have big years, especially earlier in their careers. Cooper Cup kind of went through this as well, right? Like the year Cooper Cup was Big Sky MVP, he freaked all the way out. And then the next year, he also freaked out. He just didn't freak out as much as he did the year before. And so he got like penalized for that almost. Do you think that's a part of this here? Definitely. Right. Or like Nikola Jokic last year and not right, getting right. the MVP for the NBA yeah I mean a little bit you, you it's human nature to to see those lines and think okay this is his new baseline right yes, especially right. because 
another year in the offense with Jason Eck, another year in the offense with Giovanni McCoy. That's huge for development, right? So it's, so it's just natural to think, okay, he's going to be better right. next year, or at least this is his floor now, maybe for everything except the ridiculous touchdown numbers last year. Yeah. So when he takes a, a little bit of a step back, and the other thing, right, is the rest of the league sort of caught up with, that allows the rest of the players yes. in the league to catch up with him a little bit. And I think Cody Hawkins going to Idaho State and having Chet and James actually lead the league in receiving. He was the only guy with more yards than Hayden Hatton and putting, you know, Christian Fredrickson in the top four as well with stats that are, are not really close to Hayden Hatton's, but there's a couple guys up there with him this year. It just makes him look a little bit less special. I think the other thing in my argument for him would be He's the face of that program, right? And, you know, Jason Eck is the is the outward face, but yeah. among the players, Hayden Hatton is the spokesperson. Oh, yeah. The the charismatic leader. Yep. The outward uh, demonstration of what Idaho football wants to represent. And that's not – it's not a shot on Giovanni McCoy, right? No, Giovanni McCoy is, is a soft-spoken guy, and you need that too. And clearly his leadership style works for them. But Hayden Hatton is is the face of the program. That's right, no doubt, and he's the king of Moscow too. I mean, he comes after they beat Montana State. He comes strolling into the corner club. It was a tough couple nights before Halloween. He's already got his his Halloween costume on, and he, I mean, this guy's the king of the world in that exact little kingdom. Uh, pretty fun to watch. To reference my Cooper Cup deal, Cup had 114 catches for 1,642 yards and 19 touchdowns in 2015 on a non-playoff team. The following year, he actually had three more catches and 60 more yards, two less touchdowns, but he played in f- three extra games because Isarashi went to the uh, FCS semifinals. But either way, I mean, Cup Cup is peerless. He's unbelievable. My argument, Vandals Weekly, presented in part by Old Works Golf Course. Jim in Anaconda, Montana. It's a Jack Nicholas course. It's a great place for destination golf. So if you're not from Montana, but you want to know where to play golf in Montana, you'll never forget Old Works. They got all sorts of slag and the sand traps from the old smelters that are black. And it just makes for such a crazy visual and just really challenging sand to play out of. And there's a whole bunch of it. Old Works hosts tournaments uh, all summer that shows you their prestige u.s open qualifiers u.s amateur qualifiers professional level course for sure jack nicholas design course i know winter time's upon us not golf season really in montana or idaho anytime soon but they have a great simulator practice facility out there as well so if you're driving through you want somewhere to play golf go check out old works golf course proud to present vandals weekly each week here on the uh, big sky breakdown skyline sports mt.com my argument for giovanni mccoy is that i think idaho is is exceptionally talented uh, at certain parts of their roster but I also think they have a little bit of a top-heavy roster because they do have so much inexperience, especially on the offensive and defensive fronts and just on their defense in general. But they're able to sort of mitigate that inexperience because of the style that they play. And the guy that helps that enforce the style that they play more than anybody is Javadi McCoy. His ability to control the huddle, and it truly control the huddle because they actually huddle for like 20 seconds at a time all the time. Control the huddle, control the clock, control the pace, but also run around and make plays, keep plays alive. All of those things. I mean, looking at Idaho's time of possession, I think is more important. At looking at their time of possession, their third and fourth down conversions, and the the elongated nature in which McCoy can keep plays alive. Those are all more important than however many yards and touchdowns he threw for this year. I think that's right. I think that's that's correct. I mean, Montana could have had a dozen sacks in that game that's right. in the Kibbe Dome instead of just a half dozen. I right. mean, he was he was on the run 
a second and a half into the play every play. I mean, that that game, he was running around so – his runs were so elongated that I started putting a timer on him on my phone so I could tweet about it. And he had multiple times where I was tweeting about the play lasting for six to ten seconds. That's crazy. It's hugely important. How much of how much of X confidence on third and fourth downs, though? I'm sure a lot of it stems from Giovanni McCoy. How no much doubt. of it stems from having a wide receiver you can throw the ball no, to on too. a curl or a slant and get six or seven yards every time on one of those, or, or you know, seventy percent of the time. Uh, not to, not to, and I don't know how many UC Davis fans are going to be listening to this podcast. Lane Larison had a ridiculous season as well. I looking at it, he only played in in eight games. <coughs> He averaged 140 yards a game. Nobody, I mean, he's the only 1,000 yard rusher in the league, right? Only, yeah, only played in eight games, had 13 touchdowns. Nobody else in the league was over 100, and only one other guy was over 80 yards per game. So even if you dock him for, for a couple missed games, I mean, he still led the league in rushing by 150 yards. I, I would say that the three candidates for Offensive Player of the Year were Javon McCoy, Hayden Hatton, and Lan Larison. So giving it to Larison, uh, I got no problem with it, should have been a key factor on a playoff team, but UC Davis got snubbed. More on that a little later on. Here on Vandals Weekly, uh, from the Idaho side of things, in case you hadn't seen this, Giovanni McCoy was the first-team all-conference quarterback. I think there's no argument there with that, right? I mean, Tommy Mallott was the second team. You might even be able to argue that just because I thought Sean Chambers was better at the, at Montana State. And then Kikova Vesperis, who was the leading passer in the league, he was the honorable mention guy. There wasn't a third-team uh, this year, but McCoy, I mean that—that's a—that's sort of this consolation prize. But I think that's right, right? He should be the the first team All League quarterback, no doubt. Well, I argued for that in the preseason. I'm yeah, sure no you'll remember. And I, yeah, I, know. I think he I just, know he did. I he he kept things rolling. He's so important to that offense for all the reasons that that you mentioned. And um, yeah, I mean, sort of a down quarterback class in the Big Sky this year too, as well. For sure, I do think there's guys with a lot of potential. I mean, the fact that McCoy is only a sophomore. I also think that Miles Hastings probably didn't get the love he deserves, but he'll be back next year as a senior, so that could be pretty good. Um, I mean, and then one of the best quarterbacks in the league is Sean Chambers, and he split time all year, so you know he does land on the uh, the all purpose or uh, on the first team, excuse me, as an all purpose player. Other Idaho guys with honors, of course, Hayden Hatton was a unanimous first team all league selection. Anthony Woods joins Larison as the first team all conference um, running back. I think that's right. Nobody on the tight ends or lines for uh, Idaho uh, on the first team, and I think that that's exactly right just because they just don't have anybody with experience really at those positions. Those are places where they got a bunch of young uh, up-and-comers. Marcus Harris lands on the first team defensively. I thought that was right. I, I thought that the uh, I thought the, the corners were uh, – the, the defensive backs on this list were absolutely nailed. I thought the best corners I saw this year were Marcus Harris at Idaho, Maxwell Anderson at Weber State, Cameron Broussard at Sac State, and then the Montana corners, and all those guys are are on uh, on the list for sure. So I thought uh, I thought that was really good uh, on the coaches' part. Other Idaho guys that earned All Conference: Jermaine Jackson was second team All Conference at wide receiver. I think that's spot on. And then Ricardo Chavez was second team as a punter. I thought that was maybe a a, a little bit low. Brendan well, he was first team as the kicker and second team oh, as okay. the punter. Chavez should be his first team, whatever he is. He's the best at all of it. He's the best. He's definitely the best at all of it. Brendan Hall getting punter. Uh, Brendan Hall was good at at punter for sure. I thought Chavez was equally as good, if not more impressive. Uh, And then, of course, Jermaine Jackson was also a second-team all-conference selection as a punt returner. I mean, Jackson would have been first-team all-league at punt returner in any league in the country except the Big Sky because Junior Bergen's in the Big Sky, right? 
Yes. I mean, Judah Berger is going to be the, the first team All-American punt returner on every list. If you actually watch both of those guys, I mean, it is really close. And oh, they're both sure. they're both like such quintessential um, blueprint punt yep. returners because they're small. They're so quick in space. Yep. They both, But they both have great vision, which you need as a punt returner. And I agree with you. Bergen is Bergen is the best. Jackson's only a, a hair behind him. Well, we love new friends here at the Big Sky Breakdown, and we have a new presenting sponsor, spearheading our new expansion, Vandals Weekly, but also as a part of the Big Sky Breakdown as a whole, Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda. It's an iconic place, a Jack Nicholas course. If you've never been there, you've never seen it, you got to look up pictures and you got to go check it out. The sand traps, which are prevalent and very challenging, they are all over the place, and they're filled with black sand. It is an unbelievable visual spectacle to see. And that, plus the elements and the way that it's carved into the mountainside there, it makes it an incredibly challenging course. For all you Bobcat and Grizzly people, if you're in Missoula, in Bozeman, in western Montana, in southwestern Montana, it's a perfect center point right in the middle of everything. And the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey is now open all winter long. Expert swing and mental coaching for you all off-season. They also have custom club fitting, multiple state-of-the-art trackman simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works to schedule your winter session, 406-563-5989. That's 406-563-5989. 5989 Old Works and their awesome PGA Improvement Center. The perfect spot for any golfer all winter long. Uh, the, uh, I, know, I know we know that the uh, primary audience of, of this uh, Big Sky Breakdown analysis-based podcast is uh, the Montana, Montana State, and uh, Idaho followers. So uh, here's we'll just give you the first team all-conference across the board and then uh, maybe some of the second-team all-league picks from both the Cats and the Grizz, since we just gave you the ones from Idaho. The first-team all-conference offense was Jemiah McCoy from Idaho at quarterback, Lan Larrison uh, from UC Davis, Anthony Woods at running back, Derek Snell, surefire, no no question, shoe-in as the H-back fullback there out of Montana State. Wide receivers, Efton Chisholm III, Eastern Washington, who, by the way, the Spokesman Review reported the other day that or maybe it was a, a, a transfer portal account. Somebody on Twitter reported yes. that he was exploring entering the transfer portal. He's a graduate transfer, I believe. Oh, he's been there forever. Yeah, he's been there for a long time. So, that's I mean, it's not surprising to me. They went 4-7. and seven. They had a losing record for the second year in a row, and, and he's graduating, and he's already been an all-league guy there for multiple Well, he's, years he's seen row. guys have success, right? He saw yeah. Freddie Roberson go to Mississippi State. He sure. saw Xavier Guillory yeah. from the league go to Arizona State. Uh, other receivers were Hayden Hatton from Idaho. Shadon James, am I saying that right? Shedden? Shedden I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to say it either. From Idaho State. I thought that's right. I think Idaho State should have had one on there because I thought their receivers were really good Well, he good led the league year. in receiving. Yeah, there you go. And then Junior Bergen from Montana. A couple tight ends. Marshall Martin from Sac State. Trayton Pickering from Montana State. That's money. Uh, Noah Tagi from Weber State. Marcus Weir from Montana State. Rush Reimer from Montana State. Brandon Casey from Montana. Jordan Ford from UC Davis. And Jackson Slater from Sac State were the, uh, the first-team all-conference Offensive line. I thought that the uh, the only other first team, and I thought maybe they could have just made a, a seventh spot on there since it wasn't by position, was uh, Omar Abedian Correct. from Montana State. Yes, he's the highest graded player in the league, 
in terms of on the offensive line. Marcus Weir, all the all the people internally at, at Montana State would tell you that Marcus Weir is their most is their best offensive lineman. Rush Reimer is their most talented offensive lineman, and he shows that by being first team all league at left tackle last year and then first team all league at left guard this year. But Abedion is the the highest graded one, and he actually has the highest upside because he's only a sophomore. So I don't know. I get why the Cats only got two guys on there because you can only get really get two guys on there. They're the only offensive line they got two, and then they got a third guy on the second team in Abedion. So I don't know. I just thought maybe he should be on there just because of how high he was graded. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just um, depends what the coaches are looking at, right? Yeah. What, what sort of criteria they're using. I don't know how many of the Big Sky Conference head coaches are sort of in tune with the, the we're talking about pro football focuses, yeah, yeah, right. ratings here. I don't know how many of the conference's coaches uh, are aware of those or pay attention to them yeah. or consider them at, at all. So, yeah, I mean, I thought he could have had an argument. Again, like you said, how many how many guys is the right number of guys to sort of convey Montana State's dominance on the offensive line? Sure. Is it two out of six enough? Right. Should it be three and, out of six? Should and, it be and, three out of seven? And a lot of times it's a seniority award as well, right? I mean, Atagi, senior. Weir, junior. Reimer, junior. Casey, junior. Jordan Ford, senior. Jackson Slater, senior. So, you know, Abedion's going to be that. He By the time it's all said and done, if things go according to plan, he's going to be a two-time first-team all-league guy. And, 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 I mean, that's that's about as good as you can hope to be in, in a, a deep league yeah, and the, like and, the big sky. And, you know. Montana State's offense already picking up a couple of guys on the first team at sort of unorthodox positions because they, sure. they had the fullback slot this year for Derek Snell. Tight end. Sometimes you don't yeah, have right. that. And they had, the all purpose, tight end guy. they had the all-purpose slot for Chambers, Sean Chambers yep. this year. Yep. Sometimes yep. you don't have that either. Yeah. So Yeah, no, totally. Uh, the first-team all-league defense, Alex Gubner, who was the defensive MVP and a unanimous selection. Brody Greeby from Montana State. Elijah Ponder from Cal Poly, who led the league in sacks. Zach Kennedy from UC Davis. And Aloy Quiti from Northern Arizona. Quiti was second in the league in sacks. Greeby was third in the league in sacks. So, I, th- I mean, I thought they nailed the D-line, too. I mean, I thought that those were the five best guys. Yeah, again, ironically, uh, the one guy you would maybe argue for is a Montana State guy, which is Sebastian Valdez, right? For sure. Um, just on a sort of on the same Do you think principle. he lost first-team all-conference in the game against the Grizz? Oh, I think both he and Ibedian lost first-team all-conference in the game against the Grizz because if they win that game and they're the conference champion, they get way more. suddenly you yeah. have the excuse to just be like, well, look, well, then, he was on also, the best team. There's also a rules thing here, too. As conference champions, you get more slots on the first team that is a defined bylaw within the voting of these and if you're not the conference champion you get less slots so you can nominate less guys for first team all league so interesting just by pure procedure you would also uh have that i thought it was fascinating rewatching the the montana montana state game because there was a lot of ways that montana exploited montana state but i thought making valdez the reed guy and exploiting him to the maximum was was bold, and the fact that it worked, it caused, at least in part, I think, Montana State's sort of intangible element of why they lost that game. I mean, you could just tell that they they sort of folded within the moment, and I think part of that's because their alpha dog wasn't their alpha in that game. They were leaving him unblocked sometimes. There was the moment where he tried to shoulder check Eli Gilman to the ground, which is like his trademark WWF move for the big man, and then Gilman didn't go down, and everybody on the Montana State side of things was kind of like, Oh, Grizz are here to play. So I don't know. I agree. I think it had an influence. No, it makes sense psychologically what you're talking about too, right? I mean, he's the guy who they've been looking to this entire season. I mean, there are a lot of great players on that Montana State defense. 
Brody Greeby, of course, a couple of linebackers. I mean, Nolan Askelson also made first-team all-conference. Uh, but Sebastian Valdez just is, like you said, he's the alpha. He's the leader of that defense. I think I think everybody in that locker room knows that he's just their best, most talented guy on defense. Yeah. When you when you take that away, and not only take that away, but make him, uh, you, you reduce him. No doubt. You de- you decrease him. Uh, it it's got to have an impact. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado. And I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Big Sky Breakdown, Sky Sports, MT.com. It's probably presented in part by Dave Maldonado, Maldonado Law. We're going through all Big Sky stuff. Maldonado Law is your Big Sky Defenders. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Dave and his team can help you. The linebackers for first team all league, Braxton Hill from Montana, Winston Reed from Weber State, Armand Bailey from Sacramento State, Nolan Askelson from Montana State, and Jack Kelly from Weber State. I think those were all nailed. I want Nolan Askelson is one of my favorite guys that I've covered. You know, he's been he broke in the lineup. So I, I covered him in high school and he was, you know, the go-to quote of Billing Senior for several years as a, you know, sort of a uh, a two-way stud. And then when he got to Montana State, he played as a true freshman and then, then it was kind of in the spotlight from then on. And he's been there for six years, so I've talked to him as much as any guy on the Cats. I really enjoy him. I think he's an awesome guy. He's really, really smart, and he's tougher than hell. I was slightly surprised he got on the first team all-league. He means a lot to the Bobcat defense, mostly because of his ability to line guys up and then his heart and soul and all that, and he does make big plays. But he's just not quite the splash player that all the rest of those guys are. But I think it's also a testament to how Brett Vegan absolutely argued for him because yes. of all those intangible elements. Like, hey, you can say whatever you want about Valdez and Greeby and and you know these guys over here, over there. Uh, this guy's the guy that makes it all go. So I I think you could see you know just the the, the leadership part of it shine through. I think that's fair. I think the sort of sticking point that I would have with that, right, is there was a guy who was the splash player for Montana's defense on the second team, right? right. Riley Wilson, and sort of the same argument yes. as we made for Clifton McDowell, when Riley Wilson got going, when yes, it, when, right. when Riley Wilson got established as Montana's rush linebacker, as their guy who's going to rush the passer on, yeah. on the edge— the change in Montana's defense was like really easy to see. No, for sure. And he's a guy who finished top five in the conference in sacks. And again, yeah. you're looking at this from from sort of a well, is four guys on the first team all conference defense enough to convey how dominant Montana's defense yeah. was, or should they have had another guy there, particularly a guy who who didn't really have an, you know, Levi Janicaro rotated with him in that yes, role. That's right. Riley Wilson was like a one-of-one one important player for that Montana I, defense. I think that twofold. I think that the fact that Riley Wilson missed a few conference games probably hurt he him did. a little bit. And I think the fact that he split time with Levi Janicaro, and Janicaro also is on the second team, so I think they probably split some votes as well. You know, I mean, two guys from the same position, both making second team all league, is um, actually perhaps the greatest testament to the Grizz defense. To their system. Right? No doubt. Uh, we already went through the DBs on the first team all conference and our Vandals weekly excerpts, so that that's covered. Uh, first team all league on special teams: Ricardo Chavez as the kicker from Idaho, no doubt. Brendan Hall as the punter from Montana State. I think the only other guy could have been Chavez, so that's good. Kick returner Abraham Williams, no question. 
Uh, punt returner, Junior Bergen, no question. Special teams guy, Garrett Graves, no question. Good job by Garrett Graves. Yeah. Man, Garrett Graves kind of saw his role defensively. Because Reitermeyer came on. Dissipate a little bit. He still played quite a bit, but you know when they were rolling those safeties, Nash Fouch, Reitermeyer, and Jackson Lee were the, guy, the three guys getting the most reps, and then Graves was fourth in that, but he still got playing time. But to rebrand himself as a special teams guy. He's always been a great special teams guy. And to just go all in on that and get first team all league is is senior year. That's sweet, man. Good for him. Yeah, and last thing about that, what a freaking list of special teamers, right? Like you could argue without compromising all all, all Americans. Without compromising one bit, without making without making any weird points in your argument that those five should just be the five first team all Americans at those positions. That great is point. that is an awesome list. It's a it's a great point. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Big Show Breakdown, Scott Sports, MT.com. All right, let's look at the second teams real quick. Tommy Mlott was the second team quarterback. Eli Gilman, Julius Davis, second team running backs. Andrew Van Buren, who was the short yardage back for Portland State, he was the second team fullback. The second team receivers, Jermaine Jackson from Idaho, Coleman Owen from Northern Arizona, and Jared Gibson from Sac State. I'm just not stopping here because I have no arguments, right? <laughs> Tight ends, Hayden Meacham, uh, Weber State, and Blake Goebel from Eastern Washington. Then on the offensive line, Johnny Botorf, of Northern Arizona, Shiloh Taase of Portland State, Garrett Weichman of Cal Poly, Jordan Latui from Weber State, Omar Abedian from Montana State, A.J. Forbes from Montana, and then the all-purpose player was Trent Topkins. I think that's absolutely nailed. I think the only one you could maybe argue with is Tommy Malak because he missed time during conference play and his stats were just pedestrian. But I think that's another one where, you know, what do you mean to your team? What do you mean to your offensive operation? Other than that, I think that's like chalk, right? I mean, is there anybody else? Is there any skill guys or any anybody that that maybe should have been up there that isn't? No, that's that's a great list of players. I, think I mean, so too. I, I think you know it's tough for me to evaluate the offensive linemen, sure. especially like you know a guy from Northern Arizona. Yeah. I watched for yeah. one one game this year, maybe yeah. a game and a half. Yeah, uh, but I don't I don't really have any. I mean, Botorf has been a guest on the Big Sky Breakdown. He's a yeah. he's a phenomenal guy, and uh, you know he, he's a he's a D two transfer that came into the NAU as a captain. So. That's one of those ones where, okay, if he's getting voted on because of his meaning to his team, that that's absolutely justified. And I, I like having that like second-team offensive lineman spot as a spot for some of those teams that's to get right. guys on, like, right. like Portland State, that's Northern right. Arizona, that's Cal right. Poly. Their that's best right. offensive lineman probably is a, a second-team guy. That's right. And, and Tase and Portland State is their best guy, and they, they were second in the conference in rushing yards behind Montana State, so that's justified. Latouille's the best, the second best guy at Weaver State. They had one of the better offensive fronts in the league, and AJ Forbes is the second best guy at Montana, and they had one of the better offensive fronts in the league. So I think that's all uh, pretty linear, pretty money. Second team All Conference defense: Jet Stanley from Sac State. On the, this is the defensive line: Sebastian Valdez from Montana State, Braden Wilson from Weaver State. Dino, I'm going to try this. Kaheu Lelio, Kaheu Kaheu Lelio. Portland State, <laughs> Dino, I'm sorry. But then Chuba Maia at UC Davis, Evan Tattersall, excuse me, that, now that's in the linebackers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any arguments there either. I think that those guys are probably all basically chalk. 
Evan Tattersall at UC Davis, Teddy Buchanan at UC Davis are two of the linebackers along with Nick Eaton. So the entire UC Davis linebacker core makes second team all-conference. And then the other two guys are the uh, the edge linebacker for the Grizz, yeah. <laughs> Levi Chanacaro and uh, and Riley Wilson. I don't really have anything to add to, to those either, right? No, it's just funny to see all the Davis guys lining up on the, sure. on the second team. Right. So basically the all-conference linebackers play at Montana and Davis. Right. <laughs> so you got, cause you got all three, you got three Montana linebackers there and three Davis linebackers there. And uh, then Winston Reed, Armand Bailey, Jack Kelly, I guess. So Weber State's also in there. Armand Bailey and Nolan Askelson, the only two guys that make second or first or second team out league that aren't from Montana or UC Davis. Interesting. Fascinating. DBs, Rex Connor from UC Davis, Alex McLaughlin from Northern Arizona, Donovan Saunders from Cal Poly. Calvin Pitcher from Idaho State, who I was really impressed with when I saw him in person. He's really good. Big physical guy. Yep. George Steele from Northern Arizona. Tazel Lewis at, at Northern Colorado. No arguments there. Second team all-conference special teams. Gianni Smith of Portland State. Ricardo Chavez was the punter. So how about this guy getting first team all-league as a kicker, second as a punter. Pretty impressive. Michael Wortham at Eastern Washington as kick returner. Jermaine Jackson at Idaho, uh, a punt returner and Sean McCormick at Idaho. The special teams guy, we already talked about the, uh, the punt return dichotomy and some of the special teams as well. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. If you want to hear our full talk about the Idaho Vandals getting the four seed, go check out Vandals Weekly. Of course, the other seeds out of the Big Sky, Montana is the two, Montana State is the six, and then uh, Sac State and UC Davis played head-to-head, and Sac State lost, but UC Davis does not get in. Sac State gets in at seven and four. I know we talked about it on Nuanas Now yesterday a little bit, but what do you think? I mean, how big of a snub is this? It's really bad. You think it's so? It's really, really bad. I think, I think it's is it, is it because of you you put a priority on how teams are playing right now at this moment? No, I, you're just putting a priority on how well so, sure, you can do that. You're just putting a priority on on head to head and I think why this head to head and better conference record are the two things that UC Davis has to use in, in their argument fully. And I also think that well, I think the problem this year is that the reason why this is making everybody so mad is because it's a perfect example of allowing the amount of information that you have to cloud your vision. Having mm. having more information in situations is generally good, right? It allows you to make more informed decisions. Sure. Malcolm Gladwell would argue that that's bad. But yes, I know exactly what you're saying. But that's... Ex- Right. So and and the playoff committee has just reams and sheets of paper and Excel spreadsheets yes. and everything in this room and they're going over every little thing and sometimes that allows you uh and sometimes that leads you to look past the simple solution. And the simple solution was that Sack and Davis were both seven and four. Davis beat Sack on the last weekend of the season. Yep. That's the team that should be in head to head. And I I guess we're going to go further into this discussion. Before we do that, we should clarify, not dogging on Sack here at all, super happy for Andy Thompson to make yep. it in to the playoffs in his first year. That's great for them. Excited to watch them. Hope they win their first-round game. All of that, true. Um, but 
this is a, just a case of the playoff committee looking past the forest for the trees. They got bogged down in saying, well, SAC has, has a win against a playoff team. SAC has an FBS win. Uh, all, how does that line up with Davis's resume? Those early season wins, they decided count more. And I think that most people just looking simply at the issue without going that deeply into the weeds would all say they have an identical record. The team with the head-to-head win should be in. And I think that most people can recognize that as a correct decision. And that's why people are so ticked off about it. And I think the other thing is what's so infuriating about this is you can't really argue about it. Victor Flores from Bozeman Daily Chronicle did Billings is yeah four hundred six Billings Gazette, right. yeah, yeah they do a bunch of content sharing. He covers the Bobcats. He's the Bobcat beat writer. Yes, uh, did a, did a follow up with Kent Haslam, the UMAD, yes. who's on the playoff committee, chair of the playoff committee, I believe, right? I, I'm not sure. I believe he's the head. I mean, he's the representative for sure. Like he was on ESPNU when yeah. they were going over the brackets as the interviewee. So and and not to dog on on Victor or on Kent Haslam really for this article, but I just think that the. Doing that is just pointless because you know exactly what Kat Haslam is going to say when you sure. ask him about UC Davis and Sac State. He's going to say, well, we valued Sac State's non-conference win against Nichols, which was a playoff team, and we valued Sac State's non-conference win against Stanford, which is a Power 5 team, over the head-to-head win and how they're playing right now. And you knew he's going to say that? There's no real response to that. The only response to that is... Well, that's asinine reasoning. And then the discussion doesn't go anywhere <laughs> from right. there. That's right. Um, and I, th- I think also what makes me mad about it, right, is like this happened to Davis last year. Yes. And I, didn't, I haven't really made this uh, argument because uh, we're followed by, a, you know, we cover the Grizz. We're followed by a lot of Montana fans, and I don't really – like to get into the business of pissing them off for no reason because you, you were never going to be able to change this. Right. But I thought that Montana getting in over UC Davis last year was one of the biggest travesties that I have ever seen, and it was a complete contradiction of everything that the FCS playoffs stands for. And I know that's a strong statement. I can go further into it. The reason Montana made the playoffs over Davis last year is because Montana's athletic department has more money. Isn't and that then, true about Sac State, too, even though they're not hosting a game? I mean, Sac State and Montana have identical ends to the season as from last year for the Grizz and Sac State this year, right? My big, I mean, my biggest argument would be if you're leaning on Sac State's resume being better than UC Davis's because of a win over Nichols, Nichols is not, Nichols is not as good as half at least of the teams in the big sky. So Evaluate that. Nichols didn't win a game outside of the Southwest. That's, that's right. Nichols lost to SEMO, yeah, which right. went 3-3 three and three that, in the, that, in that, the MVFC that, this that, year. That's right. UC Davis won five league games. All five of those league wins for UC Davis, and maybe not all five because they beat Cal Poly, no, but, but some but, of their wins that the playoff committee but, isn't counting exactly. are you, way better than the Nichols win. UC Davis's wins over Weber State, Portland State, Idaho State, and Sac State. Eh, not Idaho State, probably either. I don't know. The win over Sac State, the win over Weber State are, be- are better than the, the Sac State win over Nichols. Yeah, they're giving undue weight to that win over Nichols. If you want to argue, now the, the win over Stanford, it's a good win. Stanford's won three games this year. They've beaten Hawaii. They've beaten Washington State by three. They've yeah. beaten Colorado by three. Right. Rooting for Troy Taylor to succeed there. Not a good team this year. 
But if 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 you say that okay, that's a power five win. That's the best win that either of the two teams have. Yeah, that's true. But I would then argue that Davis's win over Sac is clearly second. Yes, and the Weber State win is third. That's right. Big Sky Breakdown presented by Alpine Touch. Get ready for the holidays. You're getting your meats ready, whether it's your turkey or your prime rib. There's a new Big Bird blend for both turkey and prime rib from Alpine Touch. They also have great jerky seasoned with Alpine Touch. That's great for stocking stuffers. Also, assortment of fun gift ideas. Cold Smoke Rub, the best rub for anything pork, I promise you. Alpine Touch makes the best Montana gifts for the holidays and stocking stuffers. Get yours today. Visit alpinetouch.com. I, I agree with that. Like Mike Nugent said on the Grizz Fan Pod, he said, you know, UC Davis, he thought, should have been in over Sac State as well. But if you want to make it definitive, just don't lose to Northern Arizona. That's right. Just don't lose that, to, don't that's lose what to, it comes Don't lose to. to Eastern Washington. I mean, Davis had three league losses. One's to Montana. That's fine. They're the two seed. Their other two league losses were to Eastern Washington at home. Lars Larson, Land Larison, excuse me, got uh, hurt in that game. And uh, then their other loss was to Northern Arizona, and that one's, to me, inexplicable. Well, yeah, but Montana also lost to that team, and, right? And, and Montana's and, the number two team in the country, and I guess— And NAU had a better conference record than Sac State. How about that? How about that? And Same conference record as UC Davis. You mentioned the Land Larison deal. I think if you're a Sac State guy, you're looking at it, or if you're a Davis guy, you're looking at it, well, look, last year the playoff committee gave Montana leeway for Lucas Johnson being hurt in their Weber State loss. That's right. Why are we not getting the same leeway this year when our the best offensive player in the conference decided on by the coaches yeah. missed multiple of these hugely important games? Including the game against the Grizz. Yep. And you think that one of the least of the guys on the playoff committee, Montana's athletic director, would have knowledge of that. I don't know. There's a, there's a deep rabbit hole we could go down there just in terms of the finances, so maybe we should catch up with uh, Ken Haslam or somebody from the playoff. Well, I think we should catch up with Dan Hawkins and see what he thinks about it and just give him, you know, 30 minutes worth on the show to see what he says about it. As Coach Marty Bordewig said on the Monday afternoon quarterback on Monday, he said, you know, because Coach Marty's the color guy for the the TV broadcast for Scripps Sports, so they get to have some, you know, off-the-record you know, office time with some of the coaches. Like he said when he was down in Davis, Dan Hawkins, half of what he talked about was getting snubbed in the playoffs last year and how big they thought the Montana game was because if they had a head-to-head against yep. the Grizz, it would help their their playoff resumes. I was going to ask you a hypothetical, but I got to go because I actually have a lunch uh, right now with uh, the aforementioned Mike Nugent. Um, but I'm going to ask you the question. You can think about it. We'll address it next week because it's still going to be fresh. That's okay. The Davis thing is the only thing I wanted uh, yeah, to, to talk yeah, yeah, about. I've yeah. been rolling the Davis thing over in my mind for <laughs> over a year now, yeah, and yeah. it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and it's a, it's a strong but accurate take on your part. Andrew Houghton here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Okay, mull this question over, and we'll address it next week when we record. This is actually from Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Is the return of Montana to the top of the Big Sky mountaintop the best or worst thing for the Big Sky Conference in general. Mull that over. We'll talk about it next week. Can't wait. <laughs> SkylineSportsFT.com, Big Sky Breakdown. For Andrew Houghton, I'm Coulter Nuanez. More Redux on the rivalry right after this. 
Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses in Missoula. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizzly Athletics. Thanks to the Hype House. Hype House has been quite a journey for me. It really stretches my comfort zone. You're probably familiar. It's a high-intensity spin studio. They've also added some strength classes. I think there's some stereotypes there. You know, hey, it's just a bunch of really, really fit young gals that do it. And certainly that's a, a large part of the clientele. But it's a very friendly and welcoming atmosphere there's not a lot of guys that go, but if you are a guy that's listening and you want to try it out, I would highly suggest it. Super efficient workouts. They're really challenging, but it's not like you're dying. I mean, to put it in perspective, I would much rather go to a spin class than I would go for a run. I'm not much of a jogger, but the spin classes get your sweat on. It's fun, choreographed, and the strength class is a great way to supplement it as well. So appreciate the partnership down there. Uh, at the Hype House, visit HypeHouseStudio.com to learn more or download the great Hype House app. Thanks for breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com, and it feels like uh, uh, some sort of redux or revival or renewal or something. I don't know. It, it seems so interesting, though, to me because I've said this already uh, throughout this week. Coulter Nuanez, Tiger Egerak, uh, talking all things rivalry game and all things FCS playoffs. But it's, it's wild because it, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion for the first quarter or even th- one-third of my sports writing career that it was Montana and then everybody else in the Big Sky Conference. And then for the last 13 years, that has not been the case, and there's been so much debate and discussion about the Grizz and the rise and fall of the Grizz, and all the controversy around the Grizz and the University of Montana, and the regression of the university, and all these different things. But yet, as we stood on the field at Washington Grizzly Stadium, I watched Bobby Houck hoist a Big Sky Conference championship trophy, and it was like a return to the beginning of my career, but also this moment where it shows you just how long it can take when stuff goes off the rails. And at the end of the day, uh, one of the biggest butt whoopings we've ever seen in the, the rivalry game in a game that was supposed to be two top five teams for the outside, outright Big Sky Conference championship. But Montana left no doubt, 37-7, to, to excuse me. Uh, they run roughshod over Montana State. Uh, a, a wild scene, Ty. I think that uh, I think we thought it was going to be a great game, a great afternoon. I don't know if anybody saw a 30-point butt whooping on, uh, in favor of the Grizzlies. Culture two months ago, a healthy chunk of Grizz Nation wanted the head football coach gone. To, to, you know, to my understanding, and 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 the whole staff. You know, uh, yeah, it, it was it was nuts. I mean, Coach Vegan and staff have been whipped like that three times, twice in Washington Grizzly Stadium, and once to to Oregon State, who's now become a top 15 program at the FBS level. Am I, am I right in saying that? I mean, they, they haven't, for sure. They haven't lost in that fashion. And, and, you know, I said it on air, you know, one, one team showed up to win a championship and the other didn't. And, and that was, that was what was so crazy about the game. Like to me, 
Like those are the environments you want to play in. Okay. So it's not Bobcat stadium, but you want to play in environments like that. And just to see what, you know, what looked like a meltdown at times between communication errors and procedural errors and coaches and players yelling at each other. And I just, with everything on the line in terms of a conference championship, the number two seed, which ultimately came to play. I mean, it, it, it might've come to that even with a Furman win. I don't know, but that score was announced relatively early. Teams know guys, guys know, and now all roads lead through Missoula, which is what could have happened for the Bobcats. So I just thought, I thought it was, you know, Bobby used to call them beat down Saturdays or, you know, curb stomp, whatever you want to call it. It it was, it was something to, to, to watch. And just to think back to 2019, because you and I talked about this last week for a long time, it was a very kind of back and forth. Like the road team almost had an advantage there, not advantage, but the road team was winning a little bit more than the home team. And, and just the, the, the beatdowns that have happened at the home fields since 2019 is pretty crazy because there were some really good competitive games there. Now, both programs weren't very good. Um, they're, they're in the, you know, in Choate, Stitt, uh, Bobby's first, you know, com- return. I mean, there, there were competitive games, but neither team was, you know, really on a national level at that point. But these, these last four brawls have just been beat down at the home, home field, which is kind of crazy. And it, it was interesting to hear Bobby in his press conference not really – and there is no explanation for it, right? I mean, Montana State was is one of the best teams in the country. They got the sixth seed after a curb stomp, right? I mean, they've lost barely at South Dakota State. They lost to another seeded team at, uh, on the road at Idaho. And, and it was just because, you know, they asked Coach how, you know, why? Why in his opinion? And he had no answers. Because, I mean, how, how, would, would anyone have predicted that? I don't think so. Would, would people have said, yeah, Montana, Montana can win? Of course they can. They're a good team. They're playing better than anyone in the country. Yeah, and have and have been getting better. Um, but but that I, I don't think I don't think you and I would have ever thought last week that, that it was going to be that bad. So crazy, man. I mean, there's so many different things to discuss. I mean, it, it, so what what do you want to talk? Well, well, first, I mean, which which? Yeah, wanna, go ahead, man. I want to analyze. I want to analyze this dynamic though, because I've been thinking about this a lot because. It is. On the surface level, it's inexplicable to have good teams on both sides. Like when the Grizz went to Bozeman in 2019, that Grizz team was very good, and they have been rolling teams. They were in the top five, and they got their asses kicked. But then in 2021, the Bobcats were undefeated coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium in Big Sky Conference play, and they got their asses kicked. And then last year, it was a no contest, and it showed not only – uh, the, the physical superiority of the Cats, but also the dysfunction of the Grizz. Well, now, this time, it was the f- complete opposite. You saw the physical domination of the Grizzlies, the ex- just the absolute enforcement and uh, announcement of how tough this Montana team is, and you also saw a whole bunch of dysfunction rising up on the other sideline. That, I think, though, is the microcosm, and I think that, that there actually is a common factor here. If you are the home team in this game and you have a ton to play for and you land a haymaker early and you keep on beating them, 
The other team, I think it's just easy to fold. I don't know if that's a, a societal thing or if that's just because people have become soft within the moment. And I'm not calling this either, either of these teams soft, any of those matchups. But I do think the fact is you saw a tone-setting play right out the gates in all four of those games, whether it was Jack Way Allen's hit in 2019 or Junior Bergen's touchdown in 2021 or the Cats scoring at will on their first two drives last year or the Grizz scoring at will on their first two drives this year. And I do think that the magnitude of the moment, and I think if you if you get hit in the face in any sort of fight, and make no mistake, these last four games have been fights, if you get hit in the face and then you get beat into the corner and you can't rebound from that, it's a tidal wave. And all of a sudden you get completely drowned out at sea. And so I do think there actually is a way to explain this. I think the home team has just truly exerted authority early, gained momentum, and never given it back. Yeah, I mean, it's a great that's a, it's a great analysis by you. I mean, I think what I think what you're saying, and I think what we're both both about to say is, weirdly, and just just with with the the way the times are going, the way communication is, uh, social media, the game is 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 it's almost bringing out the worst in the you know the the one team that's that's you know t- taking it on the chin. It's bringing out the worst in, in fans. You know, maybe not more so than ever. It's just communicated quicker, right? I mean, it, it's just it, it's it, it's a, it's a funky game, and I and I said it on the on the TV, man. I said, that, you know, just like you and I talked last week, man. This is it's so special because with the landscape of FBS and conference realignments and teams coming and going, this rivalry's not dying. They're not. They're not. You know, trying to. Inc. A, a three-year extension like they just did in the in the Apple Cup. Thank God, the the rivalry is actually getting better and, and more intense. But you know the fan bases are, have gone nuts. <laughs> I mean they, they 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 they've gone nuts, man, on both sides. You know, and and if, if people could just say, you know what, let the coaches and players go play, let let let, let them go duke it out, and, and and you know you 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 get to enjoy 364 days of, of being the winning side. But, you know, some, I mean, I'll be honest, some of the things that were said to me leaving the stadium and then, and then, and then focused towards my wife, it took everything. You know, I'm just sitting there like, I, I, I worked my butt off for 12 years here. And, and if you watch the game, I was nothing but complimentary of what the Grizz did, what, what Coach Hauk has done, his staff has done. I, I, I talk about guys, you know, the coaches' names. You know, and all I'm th- all I'm thinking is, thank God, thank God, my son Jax isn't walking to the car with me. You know, that he would, that an eight year old would have to hear that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just gone nuts. It's it's so and, ridiculous, and, and, man. Because I mean, I know there's there's some one of our loyal listeners who I know is going to listen to this this week. He took his nine year old son over there, and he said his son got called all sorts of completely and utterly inappropriate names. And I'm not just talking swear words. I'm talking like completely offensive things that no one should say to anybody. And that's yeah. just stupid. Like that, that stuff's right. just gotta stop, man. Well, it, it, I mean, it actually took a Grizz fan. Because, because, because I actually, you know, I actually did stop in my tracks right, right close to my car, and it took a Grizz fan to say, "Ty, Ty I got this," and, and he walked over to, to these jack wagons and told him to shut the, you know, I mean, it just, you know, I'm just sitting there like, first of all, I don't even know if he knew who I was or not, whatever, but whatever, I mean, it just, it, it just, you just sit there and you go, it, it, really, 
I mean, for kid, for my wife to have to listen to that stuff for for a child, like you just said, that's just dumb. I mean, it's just bad. It's bad. And it, it just makes it. <laughs> it was a great day. I, I was I was there doing a broadcast for both schools. I am not a Bobcat broadcaster. I work for Scripps, and we do conf- we do Big Sky Conference games. You know what I mean? That 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 is the fact. I mean, it, more often than not, in the last two years, I've I've got I've got to broadcast a lot of beatdowns by the Cats. So 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 your so your narrative kind of changes throughout the course of the game when right. you know you got to tell some jokes and tell some stories because the game's gotten so bad. <laughs> you know so. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Anyway, it, it was an incredible job by Coach Houck's staff. Great job by Coach Houck's players. Big-time atmosphere. I mean, I, I said it on the dang show. There is no other venue in all of FCS that can compare to that. That's a fact. And, and I, li- I live two miles from Bobcat Stadium that is selling out every game in, in the last – I mean, they're selling out every game. They haven't lost a home game since 19, man. All right? But, but Washington Grizz is special. It is, it is special. It looks the part. I'm bummed I didn't get to see whatever kind of jets were flying over because the fog didn't decide to clear till the dang fourth quarter or whatever it was. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a great day to be alive and be a Grizzly. No question about it. Good job on them. They got the number two seed. They will be in Missoula, Montana until, until defeated or they're going to Frisco. That's big time. And you and I both know, historically, since, they, since they've been doing these seedings, it sure helps to be at home, Right. I mean, it does. That's what, that's what you fight. When you're a good team, you're fighting for those top seeds. And, and it was just, as a football fan, it was just, it was disappointing to see everything on the line for a big sky, an outright big sky conference championship and a number two seed and to see another, and to see the, you know, another team not show up, to, not show up to, to, to play. Well, suck first, we'll get to what, what the cats, uh, what, what, hindered the Cats and, and uh, maybe the ways that they need to bounce back from this. But let's talk about what the Grizz did well, first and foremost. First of all, we've seen a bunch of changes. Schematically is the wrong way of saying it because their their basic package defensively is the same. I mean, like their their base alignment, 3-3-5 defense is, the, is sort of the same, but they're playing more of a true edge, and they certainly did that against the Cats. It was a four-man front, even though one guy's standing up, pretty much the duration of the game. They also have a true nickel, which I think helps uh, harden the other edge. Instead of rolling through a three-safety look all the time, they have an actual real like nickel who's like a, more like a Sam linebacker, like Trajan Cotton plays. And then on the back end, their safeties are so much more fluid. They used to have one guy who ran the alley, that was Robbie Houck, and then the other guy who was sort of playing center field. Well, now those guys are sort of interchangeable. You know, they can play field and boundary. One can play the post. They have a whole bu- they have a whole bunch of diversity back there as well, and all of that conglomerated with the fact that they're truly playing. 20 guys, significant snaps defensively, and that those guys are playing outside of their minds right now, and they're showing the speed and aggressiveness that Coach Houck loves defensively. I thought all those things have been absolutely impactful for Montana all season long, but I think you truly saw it 
on Saturday. Sure, the Cats still rushed for 213 yards, but I mean, more than half of that came on three plays. Tommy Watts, 46-yarder, Tommy Watts, 30-yarder, and then the, the long one by Julius Davis. But after that, the Cats had no – they didn't capitalize on any of it. So, I mean, what do you think of just the, the defensive changes uh, that Montana made, not only for this game but throughout the season that's helped them be unquestionably the best defense in the big sky? Well, th- this this defense has been challenging ever since Coach Coach Howe came back, right? So it doesn't matter if it, if it was Kent Bear or Ronnie Bradford. What I think, and again, you you get to evaluate the Grizz much more than I do. I watch them I watch them every chance that I can get, and then obviously getting to watch them uh, up close and personal. You can te- you can tell there's a different edge now. Again, schematically, I can't tell you what's different from Coach Bear and Coach Bradford. But there's a different edge in the back end, you know. There's just a the way those guys play. You can't help but think that, that you know, a Ronnie Bradford, and 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 b Tim Houck coming back in the equation ha, has really helped that secondary. Okay, I haven't mentioned the linebackers yet. I mean, the the job that Coach Cooper, Roger Cooper, a Bobcat, is doing with those guys. They, they fly to the ball. They tackle well. They wrap and run. I mean, they, they run through their tackles. They wrap through their tackles. It's fun to watch. You know, I know Dante, I know Dante was, was in the program when, when Coach got back, and Dante had one of the better linebackers to ever play at, at Montana. But collectively, as a group, those, those guys are, are outstanding in the second level. And – you know, just the way, just to, to get to watch that. And I said it multiple times. I'm like, my goodness, these guys tackle well. You can tell it's coached. You can tell they practice it. It was impressive to watch. And then, and then Governor, I mean, my God, he, he, he's a beautiful human being to, to watch play for 60 minutes. He is a big, he, he, you know, he's kind of like Sebastian. He's not going to get a lot, you know, statistical praise, but, Man, every every t- buddy, he he could play on a healthy chunk of of FBS teams. I really there's no that, doubt, especially out west, especially out west. So, uh, I just uh, the job those guys did defensively, co- coaching and playing. But but again, M- MSU and I know, or no, I'm shifting gears a little bit, but like they ran the ball so well against that that three three five or, or I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, basically the same same structural defense, but they used to run a lot more gap scheme, Coulter. Like you see a little bit of uh, of you know read power stuff with with, with Tommy and, and pulling guards, but there's not a lot of true power anymore in this offense and, and counter quarterback counter. But but when the when the Grizzly defenses in in those games we were talking about earlier. When they got gassed, it just seemed like there was a ton of gap scheme along with the quarterback run game. You know what I mean? And there's just not as much of that in the package anymore. It doesn't appear. And then, oh, by the way, I don't know what's up. People people keep asking me, but, like, you've got a first-team athlete. They just came out with the conference – all conference selections. You've got a guy who got the AP All Purpose Award in Sean Chambers, and it just, it just, it, it, when you look at the losses, and again, I don't sit and watch the film like the coaches do, but you've got a dude that, like, every time he touches the ball, something good usually happens. And I'm talking about Sean Chambers. I just, in the three losses, 
you know, he didn't play a ton against South Dakota State until Tommy got hurt, right? Idaho, he played three snaps, four snaps, and then this last week, I mean, he, he really didn't play, play, until until the end of the game when it was way gone, you know? So I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it's, uh, you know, I, I said it on air, like, obviously you take one on the chin like this, the thumbs all got to go in, you know, starting with the coaches to every player. They, they, they got whipped. They know they got whipped. Um, you know, some self-reflection, some, some evaluation. And then, and then truly they got to flush it. It's going to be hard in this state. Right. But in terms of they, they still got a nice seed out of the deal. I mean, they, you know, in all likelihood, there's going to be a, a team from Fargo coming here in a couple of weeks. Right. I mean, they, 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 I don't think, I don't think the old Drake can, can stand, you know, toe to toe with those guys. I, I wouldn't think, but they still have everything to play for, man. I mean, you, you make the playoffs. It is a whole new season. And, and then truly, you know, my old saying of you got to coach good, play good stars got a line and you got to stay healthy. You know, they've got, they've got that extra week to, to, to do those things and get healthy and it's a new season. But it, it, yeah, man, it was a, I'm, I'm sure. Shoot, I'm, I'm surprised Missoula didn't burn down. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was. It, uh, it, I, I can't imagine. Shoot, I, I, uh, Candace and I went in there on Friday at like. Two, well, we did a little pregame thing at the stadium. We we hit the Mo Club at about two, thinking like that'd be like the sweet spot. Shoulder to shoulder, packed. Oh yeah, you know, shoulder we're, to we're shoulder, and half the people were already way deep. They had a lot of sarsaparillas in their system already. Oh, no, but th- this was Friday, you know. And I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I gave I, I gave Big Bo a hug, and I said, well, I mean, you could tell he's just, you know, they're all working like dogs behind the behind the bar." I said, "Well, the silver lining, my man, is you're going to probably make a lot of money this weekend, so enjoy it, you know." But yeah, it's uh, good to get back in Missoula, man. Um, Beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful weekend. Minus, like truly, minus the game. I, it was crazy that that, cloud, that uh, fog couldn't have lifted because it just would have been a picturesque type day in Missoula, like it was on Friday. But it was it, it, the 122nd edition, man. I mean, it gave us a lot to talk about, Coulter. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. It, it definitely did. Okay, so tell me this. So the cats are certainly licking their wounds after that beatdown. There's no doubt. But there is precedent in recent history of them getting whipped in Missoula and then bouncing back and making a run. They did it in 2021. Uh, Brett Vegan tried to reemphasize that in his postgame. He said, hey, we're, we're not trying to dismiss this at all. We know that this was not up to our standard and we did not play well. But also we have to get back on the horse and keep rolling. What do you think of that draw? I mean, it, you know, Drake's not going to go to Fargo and, and win. If they do, then I know nothing. But I just I can't imagine a non-scholarship team's going to go to the Fargo Dome and, and meet beat the Mighty Bison. I know everybody thinks that the Bison are down this year or whatever. But, uh, you know, they're still North Dakota State. They still have premier. I mean, they're still number eight in the country. I know they didn't get a C, but they're number eight in this week's poll. But here you go. And the, the first step probably to Montana State getting back on the horse is going to be playing the, 
the team that's ended their season four out of the last five years, and oh, by the way, the team that their head coach is uh, an alum of. So, you know, a daunting task. Everybody wants us to say that NDSU's down. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of psychology there that Montana State's going to have to overcome. And if they do, I think they could definitely make a run. So what do you think of this, the fact that if the Bobcats get back on track, they got to do it against the Bison? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's beautifully said by you, man. I really do. I I I, I don't. I mean, they they get to play in Bozeman. You know, that's that's a good thing. They have not lost in Bozeman for a long, long time. They 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 believe when they step foot on their home turf, they are going to win. That, and, and not every team can say that. They, not every team has that belief. They might talk like it, but the Cats believe they will win at home. Um, that being said. When I saw that draw, it's just, it's the same thing. I, I I remember at the dang selection show on campus in 2018 when we weren't very good, but we we had just beat you know one 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 of the greatest brawls ever with the goal line stand, and I'm sitting way back in the in the back of the room, and I'm getting older and my eyes aren't as good, but I saw the colors pop up and I looked at Candace and the kids and I said that I said what what you know what what team is that you know no no seeing the green and yellow. And Kansas said, it's North Dakota State. And I just, I mean, you're just like, well, congratulations to us. You know, we just, we just made the playoffs and we get to go to Fargo. Awesome. I don't count them out until they're out, man. They're, they're, in my mind, I know they're not as good this year. I know that they've lost to every other Dakota school other than, you know, South Dakota, South Dakota School of Mines, man. I mean, they, 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 they've beaten South Dakota, North Dakota, or I'm sorry, lost to South Dakota, North Dakota, and South Dakota State. To me, it don't matter. They're still North Dakota State. They they love playing in the postseason, and you know th- th- there's going to be some demons that need to be exercised from both this last game and just kind of you know historically against that program. And I think what you're kind of saying is. You know, hold, hold on to your ass a little bit. Here we go. I mean, they got they got they got the mighty bison coming, and they're they're going to have to they're going to have to coach and play really really well, man. Which, which, you know, I don't care I don't care what the record is. They are still North Dakota State. Period. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Well, they did this last year, too, though, because the Cats had to play a really good Weber team that was a top-10 team who they'd already beaten, who got snubbed out of a seed, and then uh, they won a first-round game and had to come to Bozeman. So there's there's precedent there as well. Okay, last thing for you, Ty, and then I'll let you go. Montana, this, this what happened on Saturday, is why the University of Montana hired Bobby Houck to come back and coach his alma mater. And it took... Longer than a lot of people wanted, a lot of, a lot of, uh, longer than a lot of people thought that it would, but now they have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And talk about some of the all-time classics that could come down the pipe. Like I think that the winner of the Montana State-North Dakota State game is going to have a real chance to come back to Missoula and win. So you might have a renewal. I, I should say come back to Missoula and get another shot at the Grizz. You might have another shot for the Cats. 
to play Washington Grizzlies Stadium, you also might have another shot at Indy. Excuse me, how about that? What if Bobby Houck had a chance to go back to the national championship for the first time in 15 years? And to do it, he had to beat North Dakota State in the semifinals on a snowy Missoula evening in December. I mean, this is like flashbacks to App State in 2009. So, I mean, what do you just think of the Grizz draw, the fact that they get to be at home for the duration of this playoff run now? I think it's I think it's awesome. Like I said, that's what you work for. I think that it is incredible to think in, that we watched. Were you in Flagstaff for that game, Coulter? Uh, I was in, not. Uh, I can't remember where I at, was because um, no, I wasn't you, at the cat I'll, game either. I was I was somewhere in the world okay. elsewhere. I can't remember. Oh, I was you in Sac Island. I was closer because both the Great Grizz and okay. Cats were on the road. I think it's incredible that I, I, I sat with with the TV crew down in Ogden and watched that game, going, "Oh my God!" Like, especially especially after you know the, some wins, but but kind of kind of ugly wins. You know, they just weren't playing good ball. And, and, and the team that is playing right now, so you, you, you kind of say it, uh, you've been saying it weekly, is this Bobby Houck's greatest or best coaching job at Montana? Yes, it is. I mean, it is. Um, it, it, it's, it's just awesome what's, what's happened there in the last couple months. And uh, I think they, it doesn't matter. I, I, I love what you say because I, I, I think you're right. I really do. I think the I, I think the winner of of the game in Bozeman, and, and again, we're assuming that it's North Dakota State, Montana State, ha, has probably the best shot of going to Missoula uh, to, to for, for to, you know for a chance at Frisco. What a crazy! I mean, it would be insane if the Cats could go on a little run and have a rematch. I mean, I don't, I don't know what people, I don't know what people would rather see. You know, honestly, would they, would they rather see a? I mean, in the treasure state, it would be kind of cool, right? But on a national level, what would, what would people rather see? I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, that's a, that's a ways from now, but yeah. I mean, North, North Dakota State's been a thorn in everyone's side for the last what dozen years more now. I mean, they've been so good. And you know, again, like, and I, I just hold them, at, you know, to a pretty high standard in terms of postseason. They're still North Dakota State, even at eight and three. And any any matchups are going to be intriguing. Any matchups are going to be fun to talk about. Uh, you know, there's only X amount of ball of ball clubs still playing, and we get to talk about it and watch it each week. And you know, shoot, I, I work for a dang fortune 300 company that has 60,000 people worldwide. And I've got people tuning in, you know, to this stuff now and getting to be fans of FCS football. Cause it's fun. It's still, I mean, it's still kind of a, one of the more pure forms of football, I think. And, you know, it, it, it's going to get really, really fun here in the next couple few weeks and, and uh, survive in advance. And it's, it's, it's awesome what coach Houck has done, man. I, 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 Candace and I texted him, uh, that night or early the Sunday morning and just said, where we go coach. I mean, that, that, that's impressive. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he'll be the coach of the year. He should be. Um, he is, he just, you know, so, just announced unanimous. In fact. Okay. So there, there you go. I, I saw, I saw the deal from Tyson Rogers pop up about the players. I hadn't seen the coach. So, so yeah, I mean it's it's uh, and honestly the only the only thing that he hasn't done at Montana is 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 win it all, you know. And I know he brought the RTD and returned to dominance thing. Well, uh, it let, dominance is when you win it all, right? 
I mean, it, it just is. I mean, you, you can have the greatest record ever and your F, your, your big sky record is incredible. And, but dominant dominance is, is, is when you're winning at a high clip and winning all those games and then finishing it off with a number one on your ring finger, man. And, 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 you know, lots of ball to be played. There's, there is, and there's some, we're going to be some really, really good teams, but my goodness, is it fun to get them here in Montana in December? There's nothing like it. Each time you see that draw, you're like, awesome. Bring them up here. Let's go. I mean, I mean, truly there is one game that sticks out of my, my head and that's 07 because we got a Southern team to come up in Walford and and, and screwed it up. And obviously the coastal Carolina deal, which they ended up being a really good football team, but 90 some percent, man, you start getting teams coming to the treasure state in December. You just got to lick your chops and let's, let's roll, man. Let's let it snow. Let it snow. Here we go. Uh, Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And um, nice. Hey, honestly though, Great job by the uh, uh, the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, great, you know, great season. It, it, it wasn't that long ago. People, we we were we were fighting to get to seven wins, fighting to get to eight wins in in, in Bozeman. And now, pe- now people, you know, pe- fans get spoiled in a hurry. Coulter, they really oh, do. Sure. You know, winning is not easy, and the, both programs are, are are doing a lot of winning and. You know, Idaho is winning. The big sky, big sky is good. I mean, that's why I texted you on uh, Sunday, man. Like, were you a little surprised about UC Davis not making it? Just because of the conference has, yeah. I mean, the conference has proven to be dang good. I mean, you got Sac State, Idaho, Montana, Montana State. You almost felt like that. You know, Davis probably deserved to be in there with with that big win to finish the season and get the seven wins. Is it is what it is. Um, you know, you you and I know Coach Hawkins. He's on a mountain bike somewhere right now. Probably packed himself a little picnic for lunch and you know t- talking astrophysicists or something with with uh, you know a, a, a student on the campus of Davis there. So um, anyway, man, I appreciate you having me on. It's going to be so fun to to. See, I, I don't know what you're going to be doing a couple of weeks. Probably staying close to home. But um, yeah, man, you know where to find me and and. Uh, rooting for both these teams here in, in, in the greatest state in the union to, to, to have long playoff runs. And we'll just see how this thing finishes up in the next few weeks. He's Ty Gregorak. He comes on each week here on the Big Sky Breakdown. You can also find him from time to time on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. You can also find him always on Script Sports uh, for a variety of different Big Sky Conference broadcasts. Coach Ty, thanks for being here, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the uh, bye week, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. But thanks for the insight. Buddy, we got food and football coming up, pro football. We get to watch the fighting Campbells go bite some kneecaps and stuff. I can't wait. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm now that I get to watch pro football, I'm actually, you know, I've always been a fan, but I get to watch it a lot now. I mean, we got the Niners, Hawks, the Lions, Packers. I can't wait to watch some football and do nothing for a couple of days. And then, yeah, I'll probably have to get back to work and make a little baby need shoes, man. You're going to know what I'm talking about here in the near future. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> See you, man. Thank you. Whether you're a sports fan 
where you run a business? You got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit anodesigns.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Anode Designs, located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook, or you can give them a call, 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anode Designs in Anaconda. 